Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Right Ladder podcast. Today is an extra special episode because we have our first ever guest, Shay McArdle. Hello, Shay. How are you doing? Hi, Callum. Yeah, good. Thank you. How are you? Yep, I'm not too bad. It's been a busy week, but you know, top of the end, top of the end of the week off with a nice chat is what yeah. is what I'm looking forward to the most. So it's worth starting this podcast off with a bit of a preface, preface however you describe it, in that we know one another. Um, so Shay and I are colleagues. Um, we are both teachers and we were talking during lockdown about what we'd been up to and, you know, catching up with one another. I was telling her all about the podcast episodes and um, that we were looking for guests and she offered kindly to be our debut guest. <laughs> so um, let's crack on. So I'll give you a bit of a bit of a background as to what I know about what Shay's been doing um recently so most recently shay has released a book which um as i understand it was never the intention it wasn't the thing that you started off doing but after um after a pretty tough breakup and um and a period of of being on your own which is not something that you've done for a long a long time um this was something that came to you as a as, a, as an idea to basically a bit of a bit of a personal therapy for you that you've turned into something much greater would you agree is that is that have I described it have I described that well yeah no literally that's how I would explain it myself I never thought I want to be an author I never thought I want to be a best-selling best-selling writer yeah. it was just more doing doing journaling for me was something that when I started seemed a little bit silly and a little bit is this is this normal is this is this what other people do but I just kind of I was trying to do was whatever I could in terms of improving my mental health from starting to cook um starting to read um just little things that I'd I'd not been doing not been taking care of myself and then journaling became part of that and and I just thought this is this is really useful this is really therapeutic um and eventually like you say Callum that my goal it became a goal almost so start at the right at the very beginning then so tell us you know not all the details but you know (laughs) just tell us like what just tell us what happened in order for you to start journaling let's say if that was the thing that trans sort of turned your um turned your thoughts into a book like what was your start from the beginning I think for the beginning it was about as I say trying to do whatever I could to improve my mental health um was really struggling whether you know that was feeling down feeling anxious um I think the turning point for me was when I started to buy what what's known as self-help self-development books yeah um something that I'd never really looked into it never really interested me I remember buying um Fern Cotton's happy book and trying to read that in Cuba a couple of years back um that was when I was in um my last relationship and just thought what on earth is this like could not get into it at all yeah, I just thought what a load of rubbish, really. Um, but I think something something's changed within me. 
that's allowed me to, you know, really appreciate those kind of books. Um, so I think reading books like that it allowed me to to feel quite inspired by people that were sharing, yeah. sharing yeah, yeah, their, yeah. their thoughts and their feelings and their experiences. Um, so I started to journal and it, it didn't make much sense. It was just kind of, you know, things that you've got in your head and things that you know you want to get off your chest, yeah. in this case, from your head um, to paper. So that's what I started to do. And if you look back now, you think that makes no sense, Shay. Um, but as time went on and what went from normal life, busy life to lockdown, I thought yeah. I'll turn my focus onto, at first I thought writing a book, but probably not releasing it, mm -hmm. um, but just doing it for my own, my own kind of achievement of, yeah, I did write a book during lockdown. Um, but then something changed, just something. I thought, well, there could be people out there that actually really need to read this. Mm -hmm. And how many people do you know who go through breakups? It's not it's not a really, it's not an uncommon thing, is it? You know, it gets brought no, up conversation. So-and-so has split up. So-and-so's now single. Um, so that, that was kind of the, the reason how that was how and why I got into it really and why my perspective changed and why I thought you know I could I could put this into it put this into a book not okay. words random random messages that make no sense yeah well that's that's my next question really is like your journal is a very very personal thing you know it's for nobody else it's for you to write things down get it off your chest get it out of your head and make sense of it in a slightly different way so how did you turn that very personal document into something that you were willing to share? Like what happened? What, what was the process from turning it from this very personal journal into something that uh, was a bit was, was shaped in a slightly different way, shall I say? I think that's how I would say it. Mm. I think I started to change the style of my writing and started to, um, for example, use the pronoun you and start uh -huh. to direct it at a reader. And like I say, not, real, not really at that point willing to share it, but I just thought that was helping me. Um, and I was enjoying that, being like, you will, um, you can, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but then like I say just that that just kind of built up and built up and then I, I started to tell people like my closest friends and family um I think I'm gonna write a book <laughs> you know just like constantly <laughs> dropping that into conversation yeah um and to be fair I, I wrote it I pretty much wrote a first draft before I shared it with anyone yeah. Because I didn't want it to be like, I'm gonna write a book, um, and people just are thinking, you know, why? what's that about? I, I pretty much wrote the first draft and then and then read it to like a couple of my best friends, my mum, for example. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah, it was just that just that change of audience, I feel like, with how I how I was writing. And it felt good to write in that way. Cool. 
that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, 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 it does. Totally. Um, so give us more details about it then. So you've taken your personal thoughts, you have written it and redirected it to a slightly different audience, like I said, so someone else can um, take it in, shall we say, uh, relate it to themselves, maybe some, you know. So tell me about, tell me more about the book. Give me some more details about the book. So like, what is it, what is the purpose of this book? So the book, um, well, the title of the book is Single, Alone, Alive, um, which I think people have got different takes on the title and the meaning of the title. Um, people have asked, is it three? Is it in three parts? Um, but for me, it's it's kind of three key messages. Okay. But I'm quite happy for people to think it's three key parts, and I get. Well, I was. I was going to say that. I was going to say, is it three parts? Is it three stages to a process? Yeah. I said, if it is three messages, what are those three messages? So, in a nutshell, what are they? Yeah. So, the fit. This is why I think people that makes sense, and I get why people have, have thought it's in three parts. So, the 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 first part, single, is about me, kind of telling the reader who I am. And the fact that I'm a single woman in my late twenties, um, how initially that was a very scary thing for me, and that was a very, I suppose, negative thing for me. That why? Was something... Why? Well, I think I know we've we've spoken about this before, Callum. But when I put it into perspective, I was I had never been a single adult, so right, I. Okay. It was, it was more than, more. Well, you're the maths teacher, but it was more than a third of my whole life in yeah. that one relationship. Okay. And I know people do have long-term relationships; they're very happy, um, and it, you know it works out perfectly, and that's 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 great. Um, but for me, I. I never put myself first. Right. And I feel like a different person. And I know that's cliche and I know everybody, you know, it's one of those lines. But I genuinely do feel like a different person. I am a different person. I, I'm okay. so, I've got so much more perspective, for example. I've got so, I'm so much more self-aware. Um, I don't, the book explores kind of recovering from codependency for for example um and just that just that coming on to the next part the alone just that alone doesn't have to be a negative thing there's it's a very different it's very different to be alone and to feel alone um yeah. and just because you are alone it doesn't mean that you're necessarily lonely for example um so it's just trying to one introduce who i am share that that shift um in perspective and that just that that change of where how have I got to where I am today obviously the book was published last last June so um I think we're about eight months eight months since it was published roughly yeah um so it's very reflective at it's kind of classed as self-help in terms of 
when you get it published, you have to categorise where it fits. Um, yeah. But I was very conscious to not be too directive and say, do this, do this, do this. It, it's more about this is what I did and this is, upon reflection, this is why I think I feel in, I feel this way. I feel so much better. Um, essentially, that journey of from you know the most heartbroken feeling ever to you know I'm okay and I, I will be okay um and then the alive that's that is the alive I've done it all in one really <laughs> that is the alive part that 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 difference um and that growth in just self-confidence and and self-assurance and doing things for myself and what I've really loved some of the best feedback I've had is when people in relationships they've messaged me on Instagram for example and they've said do you know what Shay I'm not single but your book has given me the confidence to do this oh that's great and I'm like you know brill yeah I think I think I want to add to this a little bit in in a sense that from my perspective and you know correct me if I'm wrong is well, what, after you'd come out of this relationship, you were very much like, uh, you know, drop of a hat, your entire life's changed from being in this, like you said, a codependent position where you did more for the, the other party, maybe did a lot less for yourself kind of thing. And then that's changed overnight. And you are sort of, you know, in your latter 20s, let's say. I was the polar opposite in that I spent the majority of my early 20s on my on my own and not in relationships so i i think what i'm trying to say i, I was the, i was the other way so it was only mm-hmm. five yeah best get this right i haven't realized on that five years ago that i i got into a long-term serious relationship and it was very hard for me to make that transition so i think there's a lot there in terms of you know a lot of people compare themselves to to others mm. um in in many aspects but i mean especially within this context I was comparing myself growing up in my 20s, like, why am I on my own? Why, 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 why? Is there something wrong with me? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. No, that definitely, definitely happened. Um, And I was doing that comparison and you were the person, you were arguably the people that I was comparing myself to. And then that, you know, it switched the other way. For you, it's the other way around and that you've come out of it and you're like, what's wrong with me? I shouldn't be in this. I think, I think, um, we both fell into the trap of expectations or cultural expectations mm. of being in a relationship, doing this, doing that, mm. and it does create this unnecessary tension. Yeah, and I, do, and I think this, you know, just these two examples, your your example and the, the context of your book and and my sort of just brief overview of my twenties, is a perfect example of not comparing yourselves to other people and that your journey is very much your journey and looking at it from that perspective as opposed to comparing it to everybody else's perspectives um and your book is a testament and hopefully that will that message comes through in the people but like you've just said whether they are single or not Mm. take something away from it and start maybe just changing their perspective on what's expected of them um just, just, just see what I mean. Just see what I'm trying to get. I yeah, think, hundred percent. I feel, I feel as well, like linking to what you were saying, Callum, about 
um, these societal norms and expectations. Um, it's actually called the narrative. So it's right. been coined, that, that kind of idea, that ideology, if you like, that's been coined as the narrative. And it's the idea that you grow up to get a boyfriend or girlfriend, get a house, get married, whatever order works for you. As long as you do all these things, like this checklist, have babies, yay, yeah. you're happy. Yeah, You've done yeah. it. Um, obviously, that's not always the case, so. No, no. Yeah. And I think that's that's really interesting that you say it the other way around, but it does come back to that common theme of, you know, what's gone wrong for me? Am I, mm. am I good enough? They've, you know, they're doing that. Why am I not doing that? Um, and I think for me, it almost makes me go the other way. And I kind of, because of how much I've kind of looked into this, this perspective and just like reading and the research behind it, it's, it makes me now spot things that I wouldn't have otherwise spotted. Okay, so, so, for, so for example, um, you know, if you ask someone a question, you know, what, what are you doing this weekend? That kind of thing. Yeah. I'm noticing such as like people's language choices, like we are doing this. I yeah. Mm. Yeah. I've asked what you're doing and I'm not saying I'm not kind of, I know this is coming across as maybe really radical or, you know, a little bit extreme, but it, it does kind of, the more you look into things like this and the more you, you're aware of things like this, you become, I suppose things just kind of, you spot things really, you're a little bit more aware. It, it sounds like you're sort of observing the people becoming that, that, you know, you're observing that codependence becoming a thing. You know, yeah. like, why can't that person say I'm doing this and I'm doing this and then we are doing this or it's very much becomes this, uh, this entity, this duo kind of yeah. mentality and lifestyle, like I cannot do anything without we and, and yeah. so on. Yeah, no, I can see that for sure. <laughs> God. Definitely. No, I get it. So it sounds to me like, I you know when we've talked about this before, you've taken this experience um, and you've turned it into a, a, a message, like well, you've turned it into your book, which is ultimately a message for the people. Um, is it? Would you? I mean, I'm. I think it's positive. But would you say it's something that is interpreted as a positive piece of text? Is it a positive book? Would you say? Mm. Oh yeah, I, I feel like there's no, there's absolutely no question, doubt in my mind that it's that it's positive. Mm -hmm. There's moments in the book that people have, have fed back. That's made them cry, for example, because they know me personally. Um, they might yeah. have known me at that point. Um, but the message is very positive. The message is, you know, you can do this. This is, mm. this is almost like a lot of feedback's been around. You've made me, you've made me see the positives of a breakup, which really wasn't my intention. Mm -hmm. It's not a book about yay you've broke up now it's not it's, 
that that's not that's not the message. The message it's not is, the Hollywood movies, is it? Like, <laughs> no, no, it's it's not. It, that's not the message. But people are obviously taking that away because they're getting little snippets of advice for example as much as i don't want it to be like you must do this you've got to ensure you do this i think people are taking things away um for example i talk about i'm now i now feel like my friendships in my life i'm really i'm really close to my friends again because that became a bit of a distant and a bit of a negative because I was revolving my life, um, my plans around being in a couple. That was my ultimate priority. Um, So I talk about how now I'm, you know, before lockdown, really spend so much time with my friend Jess, one of my best friends, um, which before we'd lost touch. We, yeah. we'd all, it was always the same, but just not making time. I wasn't making time for her. Yeah. Um, so kind of that as, as one example of positive things can come from this. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, no, I I know what you mean there. You're not, you're not saying break up because it's the right thing to do. It's very much there are positives to come out of it it might take time but you know i like that that's great so that's your that's that's the thing that you've done right you have taken something very personal you've turned it into something and shared it with the world so that ultimately became a goal right would you agree so so let's talk about that aspect of it for a bit then because there are a lot of things that get in people's way um even for myself and like what me and Sam have talked about before, there's lots of things that can um, get in the way of achieving goals and things like that. So, so like what, what challenges did you face at any point? Like what challenges have you faced in regards to actually getting this, your thoughts out on paper and then having it out there for the world? I think a couple of things, Callum, being honest. Um, the first the biggest challenge for me was was the I guess because I'm a bit of a perfectionist, just that over overthinking, over analysing everything, every every word, every page. Yeah. Um that became at times less enjoyable and more stressful for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um because if you're doing something as big as publishing a book you want it to be right you want it to be good um you don't want people to pick it up and think well that's spelled wrong for example yeah Um, yeah yeah yeah. so that's really that's really one of the main the main things um how did you i'll interject there because you've got a second one how did you manage that how did you sort of because I'm a bit of a perfectionist myself, and when I see things, and I know that I know that when I put it out, I'm like, yeah, I'm happy with that. But I could watch something that I've produced or from whatever, and I'm like, God, that looks terrible or whatever. So, mm-hmm. how do you manage that feeling of like, uh, how do you manage that your expectations of perfectionism and the stresses of it? 
think for me, speaking to my friend Lucy, um, who's kind of my go-to person for advice, she gave me some really good advice. Um, she said, how many books have you read where you've, you've noticed a spelling error, for example, or a word missed out? Mm-hmm. And I said, quite a few. Quite, quite a few you read something don't you, you go back to it, you think that's not right that's not right yeah. um and she said and can you name me a book where you have you've spotted an error and I said well no I can't can't really remember off, <laughs> off top of my head yeah went, well there you go so that was that was I always remembered that and that made me feel a lot less stop being so hard on myself mm. um and secondly, just just that notion of you're the only person who will have these insecurities and have these judgments on yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of in your head, isn't it, your insecurities? And I almost felt like I don't want to miss something important. So yeah. I, I toyed with the idea of do I publish it now or do I wait? And again, I said to my friend Lucy, what if something really good happens um, in September, for example, and that's not in my book? I'll be so disappointed. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, good things are always going to happen, aren't they? So if if it feels right, then it feels right. And only you're going to know the things that are missing. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. And plus you could write a sequel anyway. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hundred percent. You can write a sequel. You can, and since what's been so for me so enjoyable is since my book, I've carried on writing. Oh, good. Um, whether I suppose it's just about events that happen, um, mm. and I still write it, and I good. still enjoy doing it. So mm. it's not like you say. There's always a chance for another book. Um, and there's always there's always there's always a good ch- time to write and and reflect. So yeah, yeah I think that that was the main challenge. Um, yes, yeah, so you said you had a second one. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. It's hard doing it on Google. It's quite hard. So what is no, your no, second? What is your second challenge? The second challenge was the. I suppose it's a fine line because I was really. I'm really open in the book. Um, yeah. You know, I share personal things. And I feel like I needed to do that in order for people to relate to it. You know, okay. I can't... I'm sharing what happened to me, so I need to have things in there that that are a little bit personal. So my message kind of is powerful enough. Does that make sense, what, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. Um, so there's things in there that are, that are personal, and like I say, when people have read it, they've said that they've cried and things. Um, so I wanted, I wanted to be personal, so then my reader can relate. Um, but I don't want to cross a line almost, and... I don't want people to 
almost have like the perception that I want sympathy. Um, And Mm -hmm. because the book is positive, but at times I'm referring back to um, the stages of heartbreak. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That fine line of I'm not looking for sympathy. I'm, I'm taking the focus away from a previous relationship. Um, so at times the language I was using was difficult. I had to manage that. Um, and I'm saying about the, the I versus we situation, that's what I had to kind of take out sometimes. I'd written it down in my notebook when I was journaling as we. And then when it came to actually refining the book, proofreading the book, I changed it to I to take that that onus away from being a couple, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So just that balance in that fine line. Very good. Cool. So you referred to, thank you for that, actually. Like, I think it's good to, those challenges were very personal challenges. So they were almost like very self-doubting challenges, mm-hmm. which is, I would say, 75% of the battle of completing something anyway. I know from my personal experience with stuff, the majority of it is self-doubt, whether it be what people are going to think of me because of my work or whether it be, you know, the work is good enough in order for people to then say, I want to work with this individual. Um, you know, all those kind of things, they are massive challenges um, and self-doubt is a big thing. Um so we've covered the self-doubt bit because I was going to ask you about doubting yourself. I think unless you've got any anything else to say on that, I think you have kind of shared those. Um, I think the only thing I'd add, Callum, is um, you, when you're doing something new, you're putting yourself out there. Um, I feel a lot of feedback I've had is, is you're really brave to share that. Um, and also... You almost question, who am I to write this book? Who do I think I am? It's um, um, imposter syndrome, right? I don't know if you've yeah. come across that term. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I've read um, a really good book by Chloe Brotheridge, Brave New Girl. Um, okay. She talks about that. She talks about who who did I think I, who do I think I am uh, writing this book? But she then switches a mindset to if I don't write this book, then who will? Because I'm the only one who could write this book in this way. Because I'm the only one who can tell this story. Yeah. I'm I'm the only per- I'm me. <laughs> so yeah. somebody else could write a similar book. Yeah, you know, completely accept that. But they would never write it in the same way that I would write it, my book. And Chloe would write her book in her way. So I thought that was really a really important note to take from that. Yeah, no, I mean, I'll second that and I'll add to it in terms of not feeling worthy because it's about it's about feeling worthy, isn't it? Um, uh, it's only been recently for me where I've looked at my work and gone, do you know what, it is worthy and it is valuable to other people and it is adding value. Um, yeah. But it took me a long time to get there. So this challenge, it, it's, it's, it's almost like a catch-22 sometimes. It sounds like you've got through that quite... Um, with a little bit might have been difficult, but it sounds like you got through it quite well and you managed it really well. But in my early days, it was very much a case of like, um, I know nothing. 
the work that I'm looking at and comparing myself to is years of experience. I'm never going to be able to catch them up because, you know, as they progress, I progress. So I give up, but I didn't. I, I stuck to it. Like I wrote down the goal of what I wanted to achieve that year and I achieved it. And it was only after doing the work, doing the rubbish work as well. Like it's slightly different for you, mate, because you've done your first book and it's it's out there and it's getting a lot of, uh, a lot of positive feedback and things like that. But, you know, for me, it's very much doing doing the rubbish work, the stuff that you know you're going to look back at and cringe to get to a point where I'm like, look at that now. Like a year on, look at the quality of this. And now I'm starting to feel like it's worth more than... Yeah. I don't think anyone's going to like judge it because there's nothing to necessarily judge unless you were being critical of it which yeah. if someone's going to be critical of it, that's fine. But it's taken me the hot, I've had to push through it and do the, the, the bad work to see the value that that has ultimately brought, brought forward. So I yeah. would say, you know, just do it anyway, isn't it? Think, well, Sam, yeah. Sam mentioned it in an episode, like feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. You know, embrace the fear, just do it. And I'm, um, a, sorry, yeah, just to jump in that. I'm a big believer in, when you put when you put yourself out there and you you do new things ultimately you, you do you do grow from it um yeah. I remember this time last year oh it was literally like <laughs> a few <laughs> days away this time last year um I went to Thailand all on my own um I didn't get a direct fly I changed um yeah yeah in Zurich Switzerland running around like a crazy woman trying to find yeah. my gate. Um and then for my the rest of my twelve hour flight I sat with my red wine watching Fleabag loving life. <laughs> so yeah. the French man next to me kept smiling and looking at me as if to say, She's having fun. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, but you wouldn't have done like, you know, if you'd have sort of and like not embrace the fear and not sort of just done it anyway you you would be sat at home not in thailand not enjoying the red wine and being like who am i to travel the world on my own when actually doing it was probably i bet you sat there now going oh i would do that again well you had plans to do it again anyway didn't you (laughs) let's not go there yeah i I think it'll it's not a case of if it's a case of when that's my mindset with the traveling yeah yeah, that's a very positive mindset to have. Yeah. So, no, that's that's great. So to sort of bring those two things together, you've got self-doubt, um, those challenges that you've discussed. How did it feel then, ultimately, to put your story out into the world? Like, you know, you've opened yourself up to judgments. Um, and like you've said, there's very personal things in there that you you know you're trying to manage the line of but how did it how do you feel now on a day-to-day basis knowing you could break up tomorrow morning and someone could be just absolutely slamming your work and critiquing you and and obviously the polar opposite of that is praising it which you seem you know you're getting a lot of but how how do you feel about exposing yourself to the world to be honest, Callum, I don't, I don't really think about it. I, I'm really, I'm trying to focus more on my book now mm-hmm. um, because at first um, I felt like 
every, every day I was getting lots of messages and I was so overwhelmed with the support um, from people. I just, for example, knew from growing up, they would say, I've bought your book. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, I've said this um, on Instagram a couple of months back. I think it's a case of one, people are genuinely interested and have probably seen a little, I know Instagram's not a full true reflection. Yeah. But they'll have seen things such as I went to Thailand on my own, for example. And then they'll say things like, are you okay? You know, just, I don't know if it's a little bit of nosiness, but you know, it's it, hmm. that fine. It's, it's a bit of both, I guess. But I grew up, I've grown up in Chesterfield where basically everybody knows everybody. So you can't go to Chesterfield on a night out, you know, pre-COVID without, I, I'd see, I'd see people I knew all the time. Yeah. Um, so it's a very kind of close knit community, if that's the right word. Um, yeah. So lots of praise at first, um, and then it kind of quietened down. And then I'd say since, since the new year, really, and 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 not just saying this genuinely, since since tuning into your podcast, mm. I've, I've I've had kind of a almost like a it's like refresh my mind. Like yeah, I've got that book. <laughs> I know that sounds bizarre, um, and what can I do to? promote it again what can I do to focus on it a little bit more um for example I'm working on a website it's not yet it's not yet ready but I've got that lined up I've recently done a collaboration um with my book it's with the words of my book and then somebody um prints by G she's done the designs for me um which again is just another way to to promote it and another way to I suppose share the message and and also support Georgina in her in her new venture. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I don't know if I don't know how I'd react if somebody said your book is is terrible. Um, but like you say, I am there's a, there's a risk of that because it's out there. Um. But I think I've got to kind of with anything you've got to focus on the on the positive feedback. So some of the feedback I've had, I feel like I'd rather get three messages that really mean a lot to me than yeah. get than sell fifty thousand copies on Amazon from people who never even who never you know does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not about for me being it's not about making money um Mm -hmm. it's it's genuinely about feeling as as i say in the book it's about feeling passionate about the cause (laughs) i know there's not really a cause but the cause is people that are struggling as a result of their of their breakup and the book is dedicated to to pete to those readers yeah so when i get feedback that that says your it was basically your book was was released when I'd just left my husband after 17 years um 
and the reader had they bought it, but um, they couldn't. They said they couldn't bring themselves to read it, which is understandable. Um, but read it, let me know, and said, you know, wish I'd read that sooner. That's that's so, yeah. that's so positive. That's so uplifting. You know, messages like that. Uh, you know, if I'm going to get a message saying your book's rubbish. Yeah, at least what? you've got that one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I save all my feedback. I thank everyone who, who who does drop me a message, um, because that for me just just little, you know, thank you. This is this is what it meant to me, um, single or not. I'm really genuinely so so pleased and so grateful. But as I say, I'm yet to face any over criticism. Whether people are slagging me off behind my back. I don't know. Who cares? You know. Um, no. That's a great mentality to have. I like that. Yeah, but it was to say, Callum, if I did get a really horrible message, how would I react? I think it would it would set me back a bit. Um, and it's, I think it's all about mindset, isn't it? Um, yeah. so and it could it? be difficult. It could be difficult. Like it, it, it's the first time that you've exposed something out into the world to be judged. Like you've never yeah. experienced that before. You've not learned how to handle. I haven't learned how to handle that yet. Um, and I'm sure one day we will. Uh, but like I said, it, you, you know, you do a very similar thing to me to sort of like get around those those thoughts of what people are thinking. It's is the person who's receiving this and engaging with it, getting value from it, um, which obviously those the readers of your book are getting so much value from it. Um, just like the content that I make, they get value from it and they really enjoy it and that's it. So who cares? Who cares what else? Yeah. Those people that do, who it isn't for, it, whatever. Very positive yeah. message there. I really, uh, I really liked that. That's a great description. Very cool. So, so, can I add something, Callum? So yes, sorry. of course you can. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, going back to what one of my best friends, Liv, said to me, because she helped me a lot with the actual initial decision to publish it. Yeah. I really valued her opinion, so I sent her the, you know, the full manuscript. Never mentioned. I was even doing a book, just kind of said, yeah. read this, okay, bye. <laughs> um, yeah. And she was like, Shay, whoa, mm. where's that come from? I'm like, you know, really nervously messaging about like, do you like it? <laughs> 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 you know, kind of waiting for that approval. But I do really yeah. trust her opinion because she's so ambitious, she's so intelligent, she's so bright that if she had turned around to me and said, what on earth are you doing? have you lost it i that would have massively you know that would have probably that would have affected my decision as in one do i even do this two i need to massively alter it um yeah she just you know like I say she she gave me that approval and i know you shouldn't look for people's approval but i know that her approval would come from a uh you know a loving protective place and she'd want the best for me and she wouldn't want me to put something out there that was you know crossing a line um yeah so she she helped me a lot and she said 
ultimately everybody is getting the same book anybody who buys that book will get the same the same book the same words the same message anybody that's going to project a negative you know version a negative meaning that's their issue and that for me was just something that really reassured me and i just thought you're so right Liv. absolutely right um because my intention is there's no negativity there's no underlying um you know just there's nothing there's no there's nothing negative in in the book yeah. um there's things in there that are personal there's things in there that are upsetting like i've said but the message of the book is is hopefully positive um so yeah i really that for me is really useful um you know what your intention was so anybody that's you know going to say different that's kind of their their issue yeah totally (laughs) perfectly perfectly good is not the right way to say one excellent piece of advice i uh, i love that that's going to get quoted and chucked out there for everybody it's Wonderful, wonderful bit of advice. <laughs> so it, that, again, is probably one more and an extra push to get it published, right? So that was, it was kind of like with that advice, that confidence in it, in yourself in and, and what you'd made. How did you go about getting it published then? So I suppose this is for maybe listeners who... Um, there are certain things within certain fields where it can be really tricky to get to a particular place, like publishing a book. There is the aspect of publishing, like that in itself is a feat, especially if you haven't done it before. So how did you go about getting it published? Well, what I did was, I, like I say, I wrote it before I... I wrote it all. It was like a finished piece, if you like. Um, did a little bit of research, looked into that that very question: How do you get a book published? Um, got massively like confused and <laughs> and yeah. just felt like, what is the point? Never mind. Um, but then I came across self publishing and the kind of the pros and cons of it. And the main con is that obviously, you you're likely to not make as much money um, because they take more of a cut, you know, things like that. You're not having access to a proofreader. You're not having access to an editor, things like that. Things that, mm-hmm. to me, didn't matter to me. That wasn't my goal. Yeah. Um, the plus side is, you know, you do it all yourself. Um, and it's a much it's a much more efficient process because you're not having to wait for people to kind of look at your work, um, that kind of thing. So it seemed like a no brainer. And I basically, I did it. I published the book officially, the paperback through a website called lulu.com, which, um, like the singer, um, um, and it was it was really straightforward to be fair, Callum. And I'm not, you know me. I don't I don't class myself as techie or anything like that. I, I'm all, I'm I would go to someone for help, but I was really keen to do it on my own. Yeah, that full yeah, sense yeah. of of achievement, I guess. Um. So, just just a case of uploading um 
your manuscript, choosing your design, choosing, you know, the, the, the style of the font and the, the, the size of the book, for example. Um, so I didn't really have a, have a visual idea of how I wanted the book to look, but I thought once I see a design, I'll know that yeah. I like it kind of thing. Um, so that's that's basically what happened, and I found the process really, really easy, um, and then decided to go with Amazon for my Kindle because I thought that makes it a little bit more accessible for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I know quite a few people who said who, who pretty much said I'll get it, but I'll get it on Kindle, and I thought this is that makes sense to have like a you know two options, two two versions yeah. of, of the book. So yeah, could. Could not recommend Lulu.com enough. I had a couple of people ask me as well personally and say, mm. how did you go about it? Would you recommend it? Um, and I would. I definitely would. I'm sorry, I got a mouthful of water there. <laughs> no, that's, that's excellent. Well, thank you for that. Um, yeah, I think with this that's been it's been a great chat. I'm really glad that you've been able to um you know find almost generate an idea, play around with that idea, have the doubts, have the challenges that everyone kind of faces with these kind of creative um creative journeys, should we call them? Crack a creative journey, whatever it is like it, yeah. you know, it's quite tough. Um but it sounds to me like it's out there and it's doing it's doing really well and it's also been a very positive experience for you and got you into a better better place um so i think it's yeah. probably time then to ask you for your hints and tips like your advice on the following things so i'm gonna ask i'll ask you one at a time um and we'll go from there let's see how it goes so shay mm-hmm. you got any it hints and tips? it is it is <laughs> Yes, oh, why not? Well, treat it like that. You might give me the might give me some big, big grandiose answers. So any hints <laughs> and tips for listeners who may want to publish or write a book? I think the main thing is just just say what say what you want to say. And I know that <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but I think it when you read so much for example, you read so so many self-development books. Because you enjoy a particular author, you might feel inclined to almost imitate yeah. their, their style of writing. Um, but the thing for me is, and I'm not claiming to be an expert, that's not what I'm doing, I feel like the reason... The reason my book works is because I've been true to myself and I've still kept that little bit of personality um there's a lot of there's a lot of lines in the book that are in italics and that's me saying something a little bit daft and a little bit (laughs) cheesy as you know (laughs) it's exactly what I do so that was important for me that I wasn't as much as I had read so many books um for example vex king um fern cotton 
love fur cotton. Jen mm-hmm. Sincero, um, you know, a, num- a number of, of really good authors that, that are writing in that kind of self-development um, genre. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to stay true to myself and my own kind of personality and 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 get through the fact that I like wine and I like sweets more than chocolate. You know, things mm-hmm. that people know about me that would say, yeah, that's Shay, that is Shay. Yeah. And I'm yeah. talking about my dad and everybody knows my dad's like, mm. you know, yeah. my dad's like my number one. So that was important for me to, to keep that personality and stay true straight stay true to myself I suppose um and just what what feel what whatever feels good write it down you can always come back to it later on and reword it mm-hmm. um because I just that was the thing for me when I went from journaling in my notepad which was which was the therapeutic cathartic process when I turned it into this is more of a project typing away I just I could write so much better just flow 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 um so yeah just write down whatever comes to your mind and then you can refine it at a later date get people's opinions on does this sound better things like that cool excellent thank you very much so the next one then working towards your goals so so what advice have you got in terms of for people from your experience in terms of working towards your goals what would you what advice could you give people well i'm very goal orientated um Mm -hmm. as you know callum I'm, i'm i'm a doer so i'm if i get a high if i get an idea in my head i'm doing it so I want my hair cut I'm getting it cut I'm not waiting around I don't care what you think I'm doing it and that's that's what I'm like I'm like my dad that's what I'm like um so for me I know that sounds probably like a good thing but actually that can become quite a stressful thing because I want everything to be done straight away now yeah Yeah. I'm writing a book today end of you know yeah yeah that's that's not realistic and that's probably not going to be a good book then because yeah. I've rushed it, I've rushed the process, I've been impatient, and I'm such an impatient person. I'm like, oh, that's the that's the that's my worst quality. <laughs> but no, I think pace yourself. Um set I suppose it comes back to like smart targets almost. Yeah. I'm gonna focus on section four of my book today, or I'm gonna proofread section five of my book today. Um, because if not, I think you can get very, very, I remember sitting and writing, um, one minute it'd be 5pm, the next minute it'd be 11pm and I'd not, I'd not, I'd not moved. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, it, you want to, I, I wanted to do it there and then once I kind of got the idea and I got that support. It, it felt like it needed to be done and it needed to be published ASAP. If not, it was a failure. Whereas again, that in reality, that's that's not true. So I think just kind of chunking your workload. Um, and then in terms of working towards that, that goal, when it feels finished, believe it's finished and have the faith 
because like I said earlier, I felt really kind of just apprehensive. What if this happens and I've not got enough, not got that in my book, then my book's going to be so much worse, which again, you know, it's not true. It's all in your head. Um, when it, when it feels finished, it's finished would be my, would be my advice when you yes. get that feeling. Yeah. Good. Now that is lovely sound advice. And actually, there's things that I could take away from that as well. Very recently, I've been sort of trying to do too much. Mm. Um, the idea of you sitting there and writing for six hours, seven hours, um, it, whilst it sounds like it's productive time, you could there could be so much procrastination in there, so much reflecting on bits and, you know, struggling to write a simple sentence or whatever it might be. Um, so I would definitely second that in, you know, Using smart targets, teacher talk, isn't it? Smart targets, they're a daily, <laughs> some would say a daily treat, I would say a daily nuisance. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, you know, but, but setting out one thing that you're going to do that day and just do that thing. Or, and if, if it's a big thing, do a big thing for an hour, do a big thing for a couple of hours. Don't try and do, like, I'm very much like you, you know, do, I want this done now. It's not, mm. it's not realistic, it's not going to work. So chunking it down to things that are realistic and and, and 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 chunking it so that when you have finished, you feel like you've accomplished something. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I've done a couple of things recently where I haven't, I haven't got as far as I thought I would. So therefore I didn't feel accomplished. So what I've started doing is saying, right, well, whatever I get done in an hour is my accomplishment. If yeah. you, you see what I mean, you know, you just got to figure out at what point would you be able to walk away from your action, whatever it is, your activity and feel satisfied. Cause I guarantee you, if you do that and you start feeling those accomplishments more and more, you will sleep better. I promise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? so, I agree. Totally. And I think if you've got, a, if you have a day where you don't feel up to it and you're not in the right mindset, fine. Take, take it off. Yeah don't do it because you're going to stress yourself out um yeah probably in terms of writing you're probably going to write something and think what what am i even on about <laughs> That's yeah stupid. Yeah. So, yeah just being a bit kinder to yourself i guess and 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 not 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 wanting it all done straight away i think it depends on your personality though that's just from my experience yeah um, and my my personality i guess totally Right. Well, I think we're about there. I think this has been really, really, um, I've really enjoyed this conversation. It's been very motivating for this evening. So, so thank you very much. Is there anything you want to add before we just want to open the floor to you? Is there anything that you want to add before we sort of call it a, a night? I think I want to add um, just about the my book's goal, um, linking to who it's for um i gave a proportion of of my proceedings is that the right word (laughs) probably should know this yeah do you mean like the income that you've made from it the money that you've made from it yeah um to a charity sheffield based so flourish um Mm -hmm. to kind of give them a little bit of airtime and just say I wasn't 
when I when I published the book, I was very before I published, I thought I'm gonna do something for charity. Um, as I say, I'm not doing it to make to make loads of money. Um, I want it to be more of a humanitarian goal yeah. kind of thing. Um, so I was I didn't want to make a a rash decision. I, I did a little bit of research. Um, had a look into it and then found Flourish, um, as I say, local, Sheffield-based. And what I really liked about Flourish was on their website, they focus a lot on people sharing their stories. Um, it's a mental health charity, right? Yeah, mental oh. health charity, yeah. Cool. Um, and I, I just thought that was so powerful and so you know well linked to my book because that's that's basically what I'm doing yeah Um, so that for me just felt like the right the right charity to go with um yeah and they were you know they were really you know they gave me a they gave me a thank you and it felt so much more personal almost than just giving money to a huge charity and I'm not kind of you know, talking badly about any charity, but it's the fact that until I did my research, I'd never heard of Flourish. Whereas yeah. I, there's so many charities we've all heard of, and you know they they come up on massive ITV programs and whatever it may be. Whereas Flourish, I'd never heard of it. So I feel like the money going there will have a, a much bigger impact. It's your small, it's your community based as well. It's a bit closer to home, isn't it? And, yeah. Um, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, do, like, yeah. it does to me anyway. So I'm sure it would to everybody else. Good. Good. Well. Yeah. Well, um, I think I think that about wraps it up, doesn't it? You've given us some hints, some tips. Um, it's a great story uh, and advice for people out there. So. Um, thank you very much Shay for sharing that with us um, I've really enjoyed it really enjoyed that conversation um, so if you um, if anybody else out there has enjoyed this and feels like they would like to share their story about a, you know a, a goal that they're pursuing or wh- whatever stage you are in that whether you've completed something like Shay and then working on it and building it up to become something bigger or whether you are fairly established in something and you would like to share your journey to where you are now, or even if you're starting out, like literally if you are like day one and you want to share where you're at, how you feel about it, you can do so. We want more guests. I've really enjoyed this and, you know, I'm sure in the future Sam and I will we'll do some together when we can actually finally get in a room together. Um <laughs> So if you want to, um, you can get in touch on Instagram. That's primarily where we are. And you can send a message on there. Um, that's just Right Ladder Podcast or The Right Ladder Podcast and you'll find us. Or you can send us an email to rlpodcast at rightladderproductions.com. Um, and yeah, we'd love to hear your stories and hopefully we can arrange to get people on um, for other chats and other interesting stories and and journeys to better things so thank you very much shay it's been a pleasure um thanks to everyone listening um i hope you've enjoyed it and we shall oh and happy valentine's day by the way 
Happy Valentine's this is, Day. Yeah, this is going out on Valentine's <laughs> Day. Or it is Valentine's Day. Yeah, um, that's what you which mean. Is, which is, that's what I mean. Yeah, which is fitting, isn't it, for the, for the, for the story and the journey. So, um, so, yeah, happy Valentine's Day, everyone. And we shall see you for, uh, or Sam and I will see you on the 1st of March for the next episode of the Right Ladder podcast. See you later. Thank you. Thank you, Bye. 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 Bye.